When you're out there, you're caregiving for a person, you may not get an opportunity to get the respite that you want, but you may be able to listen to uh, music that may be able to help you, or there may be a message that may be able to help you. That's what I really want to do to be helpful. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator, a caregiver support group leader, and an international presenter on how to respond to dementia behaviors. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Here we focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights, and share some emotional support. And we might even share a laugh or two, because we all know laughter is the best medicine. And don't forget the wine, Mike. No, don't forget your grape juice. <laughs> I appreciate it. Your mommy that. juice. <laughs> <laughs> You know, our guests so far have been in the realm of dementia care. However, family caregivers come from many walks of life and provide care for many other diseases and or disabilities, which encounter the same stresses and pressures as dementia caregivers. Absolutely. And while our focus, because our personal experience is in dementia care, and that's where most of our expertise is, we, will, we welcome caregivers um, who are assisting anyone. And the more we can connect with one another, the better we can serve everybody. Our guest today is a retired Air Force veteran, creative writer, and family caregiver advocate who was the primary caregiver for her mother who was diagnosed with stage four inoperable lung cancer. Six months after her mother's passing, one of her brothers had a very bad accident and was placed on life support, and she became his primary caregiver. She is the founder of Encouraging Stories, LLC, and is a regular guest panelist on Chicago's America's Heroes Group, Military Families Matter Caregiver Radio Show. We are pleased to welcome Keisha Jackson. Thank you for being here, Keisha. Hi, Bobby. This is a pleasure to be here with you and Mike. Um, we usually start off asking our guests to talk a little bit about their caregiving experience, and then we can talk more about the advocacy that you have going on now. Sure, sure. Well, as you mentioned, I, be, I started caring, became a caregiver, a primary caregiver when I was caring for my mom. I was in the military at the time. I got a phone call from one of my brothers and I found out that my mother was in the hospital. And when I got there, I found out that she had stage four inoperable lung cancer that had metastasized into her ribs. And so after my mother was discharged from the hospital, eventually I was going back and forth to Philly to care for her. And eventually I got her to come down to Virginia to live with me and became her primary caregiver for those three years. And then after my mother, I was caring for one of my brothers who, like you mentioned, he fell and he broke some ribs and he had some internal bleeding and he was placed on life support and I was caring for him. So that's really how I got into uh, caregiving. And we originally met you at a caregiver conference. Yes, and, uh, Chicago. Yeah, that was such a, a great meetup uh, for both of you. Um, that, that brought into a part of that conference was after I was caring for my mother and my brother, I started realizing that there were resources out there that were available that I didn't know about. And so I started making my way to different locations and online and learning about resources. And I wanted to be able to share those resources with others. And that was one of the times when I was able to go to Chicago and meet you all and uh, take back some of the stuff. And I've been sharing that information with others as well. And the funny part about that is here we were in Chicago and you live close by. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? 
<laughs> we had to go to Chicago to meet. Yeah, it is like that sometimes. Yeah, it is. You know, it's very comforting to know that those of us who go through these devastating caregiving experiences came out of it with a knowledge that we had no idea was available to us. And so many of us have dedicated our lives going forward to sharing that information and assisting other people through that. And as more and more people come into the caregiving world, uh, you know, the Alzheimer's organization tells us every 66 seconds, another person is diagnosed with some form of dementia, that one in three seniors will die with a form of dementia. Mm -hmm. You know, and I look at that and, you know, Mike and I have four children they have spouses, <laughs> you know, they, our kids have two parents, their in-laws have two parents. Um, and you think about one in three, you know it's gonna hit your family. You know, I was um, reading a, a report the other day and I can't remember what it was from, but it just, it was talking about dementia and it had in there that 62%, there's 62% of people that have dementia that don't have anybody at all living with them. And that was really astonishing to me to really just take the time to stop and think about that. And even when yeah. uh, when Mike's dad was alive and he got almost all of his care at the Veterans Hospital, mm -hmm. so many of those patients had no one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was so important for me, for my mom with her cancer, and for my brother to make myself available to interact with the doctors, to find out about the medicines that they were taking and what they shouldn't be taking. And that's one way, one of the reasons why I got into encouraging stories as well, because when I was caring for my mom, one time she was she volunteered herself to go into in residence hospice because she said I needed a break. And she was given some medicine and she went from having a normal conversation to just being very uh, out of her mind, if that's the best way to say it. And I didn't want her to have that medicine. And when she came back with me, um, I was able to give her something like chamomile oil and I placed it under her tongue and she came. She didn't even need the other medicine that they had prescribed for. And the same thing happened with one of my brothers. And so, um, you know, just learning little things like that um, with the music uh, that I was able to uh, share with my mother to help her come out of different situations, to help her to start back talking and different things like that was really, really helpful. And again, one of the reasons why I started encouraging stories to be able to use different forms of media to be able to help care and to care for myself as well. You talk about uh, the media mm -hmm. and... Um, so you were the executive, you executive produced and released a single, mm -hmm. right? You are a caregiver. Mm -hmm. And it ended up as number 16 on the Indie Soul Charts. Yeah. Now, we had talked about that about a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. that that was in the works. Mm -hmm. And now it has come to fruition. And wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. So after we did it, around that time, I had gone and I received the Caregiver Friendly Award. And I went mm -hmm. down to uh, Florida to receive that. And uh, after that, I was talking to the person that produced it for me. He is a two-time Grammy nominee, and we wanted to tag back up. We did that on the Indie Soul, but he had this thought about, let's release it on Smooth Jazz. And right. so we reproduced it again and re-released it again. And it made it to Sirius XM Watercolors on satellite. And it is doing absolutely well for about 
three months, it stayed in the top one week of um, play, uh, 30 days and 60 days of play. And with that, I'll just add, the person that um, composed this and produced it for me, he was in his second bout with leukemia. And so he uh, almost didn't make it. And he was going back and forth to the doctor for treatment. And he would come home and he would produce this song, work on this song as he did with others as well. So very, very touching through the whole process. What other types of media do you have uh, with the encouraging stories? Yeah, so what I've been doing, along with the music, I am right now, I just submitted my first children's caregiver book to an editor. So I'm releasing a series of uh, caregiver books for children to help educate them on the topic of caregiving. And um, one of my, uh, another one, we just started something that's called She Vet Caregivers, where she is creating a YouTube channel, or I should say we're creating a YouTube channel to get the information out there to caregivers. And also just recently connected with someone who does caregivers in production. So it's on the other side, like I'm telling the story, but this is a group of women that are caregivers that are doing the production of film and entertainment. So we'll be partnering as well. When I was on your website, I noticed in there one of your mottos is you're looking to enter, encourage, entertain, and educate. And one of the things I've said a number of times is knowledge, well, a lot of people say knowledge is power, but I like to say shared knowledge mm -hmm. is the real power. And that's kind of what we like to do here. We like to take the guests and the, the knowledge that they have and share it, A, with us and then also with our listeners, and then everybody benefits. Yeah, so in terms of knowledge, uh, the knowledge that I, I would like to share literally is um, just taking the experience that I have with caring for my mother, um, learning about the different things that the VA provided, the different things that the VA offered that I wasn't even thinking about, that I didn't have time to think about. Um, the knowledge and the, for me, it was the natural products that I was able to share to allow my mother to use. Those were some of the things, the knowledge. The knowledge is also partnering with people like yourself to take in what I'm learning from you all or like the conferences that we went and to be able to pass it on to others to share that as well. Right. And people, people really need to learn and hear from somebody who's been through it, who's lived it. I mean, that's that's how we connect with other people, the, the stories that we share with one another. And we started on this journey with um, sharing our story um, and being very real about it, you know, all the warts and all the mistakes and, the, and all of the things that go along with it, as well as the precious moments. Mm -hmm. And that's an advantage, mm -hmm. um, being meeting people at conferences and hearing their stories. And we all learn from sharing that. And a large part of what you do is is in encouraging stories. Are there certain a uh, story or two that you might mention or share a little bit about that you found particularly compelling that you think maybe our listeners would learn from? Well, I will say something um, just recently, and it wasn't one of the stories, but one of my friends sent me a text saying, how do you know when you shouldn't be a caregiver any longer? And so I was listening to what uh, was said in the text, but I picked up the phone and I called her and I talked about it. And the reason why she asked me that was because her mom, there was bed bugs in the bed. And she felt like because that had happened, that she was this really, really bad person. 
not taking good care of her mother. And so I was able to talk to her about all of the good things that she is doing for her mother and how she never went to school for any of this, you know, but she has all of these different responsibilities that are coming into her. And she's a wife. She is a grandmother and all of these other things and got a chance to just help her to work through some of those different things. And she understood. Yeah, you know, it's not that I'm a bad person. It's not that I should not be a caregiver. It's just that I can't be everywhere at the same time and do everything at the same time and things will happen and it's okay. We'll work through those different things. And things like that, they can be fixed. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. That's exactly what I was sharing with her about that. Yep. Right. And that was exactly the right answer for her. Now, on that subject, not everybody can do this Mm -hmm. and not everybody should do this. Um, I had a wonderful cousin who took her mother into her home fully intended to do all that she could for her and realizing how difficult it was. She said, I, I'm not cut out for this. I can't do this. But her daughter was a wonderful caregiver. It was, it came natural to her. And we want to offer the options to people to let them know that stepping up and saying, I'm not cut out for this. I can't do this. Let's find the best answer. And it might be a care home, and that's okay, because caregiving is not location-based. And if somebody does go into a care home, you don't abandon them. You remain their advocate. A lot of people thrive in a care care home, and the caregiver gets a chance to rest Mm -hmm. and be their loving family member, and it works out. And you may have started off I'm going to take care of my loved one at home. And for a number of reasons, it's not safe anymore. And you have to make that change. And we want to make sure that we let people know there's not a wrong answer when it comes to where somebody gets care, as long as they're getting the best care. Yeah. And that was the other part that I went on to talk to her about um, the possibilities of if she should be is somewhere where she could get more 24-hour care than what she was providing at the home and don't feel guilty if you do that. So we kind of talked through all of that, and I think it helped her to feel a lot better um, after the conversation. Yeah. And, and Mike, I will say one of the things, um, you talked about the the song that I wrote in terms of uh, encouraging. The song came from a poem that I had written entitled uh, You're a Caregiver. And after I, I was asked to uh, published a song in a different couple different places and the feedback that I got from people that just said, wow, this has really encouraged me. This has really helped me to know that there are people out there that feel the way that I feel or are thinking about me. So that was very, that was very helpful as well for uh, others and myself as well. Probably very validating too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as a veteran, mm-hmm. I imagine your outreach to, to veterans is an important part of what you do. It is huge. It is huge to be able to work with veterans. You know, so much going on in the military, in the world, uh, with vet, with our military being deployed or coming back home now. Uh, there's a lot of family members that are out there that are caring for their uh, loved one, whether it's their spouse that may have PTSD or children are caring for their uh their father, their mothers, their brothers, different things like that. Yeah, so getting information and resources out them to as well 
helping them to understand about the different resources that are available through the VA is very important. You know, and sometimes we talk about the sandwich generation. We have people who are caring for their parents by raising and raising their children. Mm-hmm. But we may have somebody who's dealing with a family member, a veteran with PTSD, and somebody else in the family with needing care for something else, including a dementia or something else like that. So mm-hmm. uh, we want to make sure that uh, we put information about resources for those people as well. Yeah, it's so important. It's so many different things out there. There's so many different resources that we don't know about. One of the things that I do notice, a lot of the resources um, are sometimes are more long-term resources that you may have to apply for something. And when you're in the midst of caregiving, you're like, I don't have time to apply. I need to know something right now. So even just directing them to maybe the area on aging or, you know, other things in their local area or just connecting them with people that you know in various states, it has been very, very helpful as well. You have outreach in so many different ways. Is there... One that that you find that is more helpful than others, that reaches more people or may have more information? I'm finding that it's just the various ways because I'm doing the music and I'm intentionally targeting that particular audience. So the feedback that I'm getting, wow, you know, they're learning through music or even writing. uh, I wrote a screenplay. I drafted a screenplay that I'm going to be releasing. It was about the last three years of my mother's life. Just the people that had read the draft script have read it and said, wow, I never thought about I never thought about this that way. And then in terms of the children's book. So it's different avenues that I'm targeting different people. So I can't really say there's one in particular because I'm going in different areas and uh, trying to target different people to get the message out. You do a radio show Mm -hmm. uh, with the Chicago radio station with Mr. Kelly, I believe. Yes. uh, Cliff Kelly is America's Heroes Group. Right. How did that come about? So Before I got on America's Heroes Group, uh, a friend of mine that I had met in Women in Film and Video, she asked me to be a guest on her show in Maryland, and she wanted me as a military veteran talk about caregiving. And so I did that for her. And then after that, she was on this radio show and she had me as her guest panelist. And then the executive producer reached out to her and said, I've been looking for someone in the military area to do uh, to partner with to bring topics about caregiving to America's Heroes Group. And that's how it got started. Well, I have to tell you, the the world is a better place (laughs) (laughs) to have you in it and and all you all you do to support others. Yes. And. Full disclosure, Bobby and I have both been on with you and Mr. Kelly on that Chicago radio station. And it was absolutely fascinating doing it, but also what he does and what you do with him. Um, I think it's just a wonderful program and very, very enlightening, especially for veterans. Yeah, I uh, just had a guest panelist on maybe a couple months ago, and it was a wife, and she was talking about Uh, the story of her husband, how he had been deployed and how he had stepped on an explosive device. And she says she was always always prepared for him to come back one or two ways, either uh, uh, alive or or not alive. But she wasn't prepared for him to come back and be um, an amputee 
and she talked about her story and how it really just touched each other, touched people that were the listening audience. And then I had someone on there just last month about children that are caregiving, whether they're veterans, children, or just children in the community as a whole, because that is an area where we don't necessarily think about children that are providing care to their family members. And so, yeah, we're just really using America's Heroes Group to get that word out. And then we also, you know, write an article that goes into the Chicago Crusader newspaper that helps us as well to continue to get the word out. And there are millions of young people who are caregiving. Yes. Millions of them. Yes. Yes. Another correlation is um, PTSD. Mm -hmm. Caregivers often deal with personal PTSD as a direct result of the stress. And while certainly our veterans, especially those who are deployed, it's the cause is far more impactful mm -hmm. and recognizable, mm -hmm. but being hypervigilant, um, the lack of sleep, the uh, not knowing where to turn next can over time with caregivers who are dealing with somebody, say, dementia for four, five, six, seven, mm -hmm. 15 years, often find that they also have PTSD. Yeah, for the military, um, a lot of times the, the military, what we're finding out that even the suicide rate has increased post 9-11 because of all of the stress and the different things that they're under through PTSD, um, traumatic brain injuries, uh, some of the different things that they're going through. But we've also found out that caregivers, as you mentioned, the amount of stress that they're under, um, the suicidal rate or even the suicidal thoughts from caregivers caring for family members is very high. It's very, very, very high. Many caregivers die before the person that they're caring for. Yeah, that's so true. And it's so it's so difficult. And so, again, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to be able to use multimedia in these very forms, because when you're out there, you're caregiving for a person, you may not get an opportunity to get the respite that you want, but you may be able to listen to um, music that may be able to help you, or there may be a message that may be able to help you, or like through the children's book to be able to help educate the children about something that they may get into before they get into it. Uh, that's a part of my goal that I really want to do to be helpful in those areas. Keisha, is a joy reconnecting and getting back yes. with you. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. We certainly appreciate your time and your thoughtfulness that you yeah. you present some very thought-provoking insights. Well, thank you again. Well, the number of resources that she's working on and, you know, the idea of working with multimedia in order to get the message out as wide as possible, I think, is is the biggest um, takeaway that I, I took from talking with Keisha today. And also her... Her story, you know, when she encouraged the caregiver to take a look at all that, everything good that they do. Right. We, t we tend to focus on our mistakes. We tend to blame ourselves when things don't go the way we hoped. But to have a voice like hers and like ours and our other guests that's saying, you don't have to get it right every single time in order to do, the, to do something very, very well. And because of the work that's done, they have many more good days than they would have had otherwise. Right. You can find more information about Keisha on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. 
So please subscribe to the show, go to iTunes and post a review, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question or issue that you'd like for us to address, please post on the Roger That Facebook page. To find out more about us and Keisha, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that dot show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master. And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and all those in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company.